Hey, what's going on, guys? Today we are here with Alex Kalfi, who is a local entrepreneur and founder. He is a recon marine. He is a amazing father and husband and member of our community. So he is an ardent listener of the podcast and you know, always kind of sending me notes and having discussions with me about the podcast that I make individually and then just was really showing an interest, I think, in some of the interview styles. And so I'm really excited to have him on now as a guest. And we cover a wide range of topics. And honestly, you can just kind of feel uh, that, you know, there's always this little bit of of brotherhood uh, amongst guys who used to serve and we enjoy uh, a, a specific type of banter and humor, I guess you would say. And we actually go into and talk about that a little bit and how much we enjoy, you know, still having that in our lives in and around the gym sometimes. Uh, but leave uh, no or make no mistake here. Uh, we are definitely this is an explicit episode. Uh, there is a, a decent amount of cursing. So uh, as you guys are going into this, if you have kids in the car or uh, if you are in a more public setting, please be aware. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. So would you say you did a VA podcast? Yeah, I did the VA podcast that um, Born the Battle, which has done, it's like the, the main VA podcast. I did oh, wow. that. I did that a couple of years. I was during COVID, so I was tw- maybe late 20 or 21. I did that. That was an interesting experience. So you're not a virgin? No. Nice. No. So well, that's fun. Virgin. Yeah. Um, but I did do over Zoom, so it was different over Zoom. Yeah, you know. Which I, I didn't love because no, I prefer the. I so much prefer yeah. this. Um, you know, the, the Zoom stuff's great. I like. It's um, convenient. Well, and I like having video for like editing stuff too. It's really yeah. nice. Um, cause like I can make like big hand gestures on the video and then see that on the thumbnail. So like from an editing perspective, mm. it can be kind of nice, but, yeah. um, but yeah, definitely. I think like this is so much more real. Yeah. Um, yeah. so and honestly, why don't we do a quick introduction? So, cause I just went live right away. So, okay. yeah. and then I just edit back. Um, but Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, we're here with, uh, Alex Calfi today, Alex, why don't you do just a quick introduction on kind of you and when you start at the gym and your family a little bit and sure. go from there. Yeah. So, uh, married two kids, uh, 17 year old daughter and 15 year old son who also comes to the gym. He does the uh, level four, uh, and loves it. Um, I was a Marine, got out, uh, went back to school, finished, uh, uh my undergrad at Ohio state and then got my MBA at Ohio state nice. and, uh, then rolled into doing work for the government for a while, um, as a contractor uh, and now I own my own business as a, uh, as a I co-founded a, a technology company. So yeah, which is awesome. And I definitely want to like get into that because yeah, I'm yeah, super absolutely. interested. Um, but that's that's perfect. It's a great background. And we were just talking. You've been a member of the gym since like you were a COVID starter. We don't have many. So no, yeah. So I started right before. I remember I was feeling we could probably get into this about why I was kind of my path, why I was doing it. Um, one of the reasons is because Sean Suttle was my neighbor, a friend of mine who was, you know, obviously had done it, had been at the gym, I think a couple of years at that point and had yeah. really, really done some dramatic changes, lifestyle yeah. changes, which I was really impressed by. And we were talking about it over, I think at the Christmas party in uh, 2019 
And he was like, yeah, you should, you should come. You should, you know, check it out. I'm like, okay, okay. So I finally, um, every year I do a kind of a detox twice a year. Um, and I was like, well, I'll just incorporate that into my, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll go into the gym and check it out. So I went in like the beginning of February, I think it was like February 3rd or something like that of 2020. And it was right before everything kind of kicked off. COVID. Yeah. So it was right. You know, you, you guys had just been, you know, you were focused on the, you know, obviously the, the Dublin gym, but also getting the Powell thing yep. going and, yep. and all that. And then, you know, um, and then COVID hit and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> but now, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I just gotten into it and I was like, I would been, I think, it was like five or six weeks of me going every, you know, going like three or four times a week. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was that second week of March is when yeah. we actually shut down. And yeah. that's when it all shut down. And I was like, damn it. Yeah. The momentum had already started, <laughs> it was, it was man. Tough. That's tough. You know? And then when we did that, obviously for a lot of people that started in that time, cause we had a lot of people, especially like in Lewis center that started at that time. It's like, we just never heard from them again. You know, yeah. it's like, they just, they just left and it was yeah. so hard to get the momentum back started because everyone was coming in back in at such a different place. Right. And there were a lot of people, you know, based on how kind of how you felt with just the illness. Generally, mm -hmm. there were some people who were like, I'm so excited to get back around people right. and start working out in person again. And then there were some people that were like, Oh no, like I need yeah. like at least another year. Yeah. You know? I, I don't want anything to do with any human being yep. for a long time. And so, so we got such like a wide range and a gamut, but well, I'm glad that you continued and yeah. came back. Yeah, that's one of my favorite workout <laughs> shirts is the uh, save friendship yeah. shirt. So yeah. I, I remember getting that, but um, yeah. And, and you know, as a business owner, I was also, I mean, sensitive to that, like, that is a, you know, that was an existential thing for you guys. Very, yep. yeah, I was, I already kind of, I remember very early on kind of buying in, um, to it. I had, you know, uh, Rye was my initial kind of yeah, coach awesome. and I was working with Rye and Andy, um, initially and it was, uh, but I really enjoyed what you guys were doing and, and what the, what the vibe of the gym was. So yeah. I was like, all right, this is cool. I like this. I want to do this. I really want to get into it. But at the same time, I also realized that how how fucking weak I was. <laughs> it was like uh, I think you had touched on it at a previous podcast. Like your the way your brain works, especially your twenty five year old brain and then your forty five year old body, yeah. don't always work together. Yeah, well. for so sure. Well, and that's where I was. You know, I've had this conversation just twice this week. Actually, we I had talked with um, you know a young girl who's looking at you know checking out the gym. She's graduating, wants to learn more about gyms and gym culture. She likes working out herself. Um, and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm really into powerlifting. I've been really pushing my numbers and stuff this year. Um, and so, you know, I'm like talking to her about it and I'm like, well, like, you know, where are your numbers at and kind of where do you want to be? And, um, she's like, okay, well, my deadlift is like, well, you know, 185 and, you know, we were like talking, um, and she's like, you know, do you have girls who are like, like into weightlifting there? I go, <laughs> do I? Oh yeah. I was like, if yeah. you're looking for girls that deadlift over 185, yes. I probably got about a hundred of them yeah. that are, that are that deadlift 185 kilos. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I think sometimes, you know, the, the, it, it is astounding to me because it's just my regular every day. I've seen it right. forever and always now, um, to, to really see how strong and high level. And even now yeah. the weights you're moving now. Um, and then you watch people who like are, are just, you know, starting off or coming back into it after a hiatus right. or like you and me probably with military backgrounds is like much more body weight oriented. Yeah. And so the yeah. strength is just different. It's not it that is. you're like weak per se. Um, it's just, you're it's not a different sort. Yeah. You're not applying it to like that external load the same. Yeah. No, I, I never, I mean, in the military, 
Um, I never really worked out with weight. Right. And that wasn't because I'm an old man. And, you know, back in the 90s, that wasn't the thing like it is now, especially in the special operations community where it's like they're very sports science focused and, and which is good because they you need that. But back in the day, it was all about, you know, cow sacks. Right. And just reps and then moving your body, using your body as the, the implement. Right? Yep. So yep. Um, that was the big thing. And so my it was very much a novel to me. Uh, even in high school, like I only, uh, I only did sports where I was, um, weightlifting wasn't a part of it. Yeah. We said wrestling, right? Wrestling. So, I wrestled, but I also did some, I played water polo. Nice. Um, I fenced, I mean, cause I moved around a little bit too. So I went to different schools that had different programs, but, um, yeah. You're going to like was, one of my warm up games. One of my warm up games ideas is fencing with the noodles. Oh, that'd be, yeah. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah. It's, and fencing's a, actually a really intense. Yeah. Very, I watch it in the Olympics. Yeah. If you yeah. watch the Olympics um, or even like the U.S. national type stuff, the, the the movements are so explosive. Right. It's really, and it's it's mental. It's it's power and accuracy, I think, perfectly yeah. combines. I yep. mean, it's like you have to be so powerful but so graceful at the same time. It's really very impressive. Yeah. And then just the 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 accuracy might be the most incredible thing in any sport, like maybe yeah. online with like archery or something like, you're but right. even archery, you're not moving. Right. You know, right. Um, it's a much more still sport. Yeah. I'm mean, fencing is a very active and very dynamic. You watch these guys and then, and gals, I mean, they're, and it, it's almost gymnastics. Yeah. The flexibility the way they're coming around yep. on, on people. And, and yeah, it's, it's just, a, it's a great sport. I, I love, I love when I fenced. Yeah, technology's made it so cool to watch too, right. because now you get the light up, so yep. you can really see when and points hit. Who's first? It's bang bang. It's very fast, and then you can watch in like four K, one hundred and twenty frames per second, right. so you can actually see how close it is yeah. sometimes. Um, yeah, at the last Olympics, I was just blown away. It's like, you know, you turn on the Olympics sometimes and you're like, oh, fencing, I don't know. And then you like, are like, like two hours later, you're like, like, all right, I got a hundred bucks on the, on Croatia. <laughs> yeah. Well, like that's, that's why I love like ABC sports growing up in the, like the early eighties. And yeah, there was not any, if you saw a weird sport on TV, it was yeah. just because it was coming on Sunday afternoon or maybe, a, you know, whatever, a Monday yeah, like or whatever. Weird, what, what is it, the wild thing. world of sports or whatever? Yeah, wild world of sports. Yep. And, uh, and, and, like, they would have these crazy things. And so you'd watch them, you get into it. You're like, yeah. oh, my God, I've never heard of this before. This yep. thing, what's curling? What? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> yeah, so, now you have, like, this full access to catch any of this stuff at any time. But it's it's crazy to see how the olympics keeps adjusting and changing and getting it does better. although i have a i have a axe to grind with the olympics about wrestling so yeah wrestling <laughs> um boxing and weightlifting right it's, it's insane it's like those are the original three sports original, yeah you take them <laughs> yeah. why we just take the marathon out yeah. and just call it a day exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah very very odd i actually told that so i've been you know i was uh, coaching intros with a new client uh, a couple weeks ago and i go now if you turn on the olympics and i caught myself i go if you used to have turned on the Olympics, <laughs> you would have seen that they were doing two lifts. Yes. And one is the snatch. We're not going to worry about that. One is the clean jerk, and we don't need to worry about that because neither of them in the Olympics anymore. So, That's yeah, crazy. very bizarre. But, I mean, I get what they're trying to do in terms of clean the sports up a little bit. And they had so many... I mean, at least that's what it was for weightlifting. I don't know. I think that's what it was for boxing, yeah. but it was the all the corruption in the yeah. sports that yeah, they yeah. just couldn't figure out. So, but yeah, that's crazy. I know you, we've got a we've got a actually surprisingly large like wrestling cohort 
It actually be really fun for us. Like I assume, do you get as into like NCAA championships as I do. a lot of these guys I do. do? Well, especially the Ohio State being, you know, especially in the past decade, being as good as they were. And I was never, I will never pretend to be a, you know, pro, you know, a, yeah, a, right. a high level wrestler. I, I enjoyed it. Um, much of it was my my coach asking me, "Hey, I need you back," you know, because I I had some other stuff I was also doing um, that kind of I would have liked to have done, but and it was such a brutal. Uh, existence. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was not yeah. a lot of fun. Like during the during the winters, to be going to wrestling for two and a half hours, and yeah. coming home and being hungry. So. Yeah, you were in that era. You know, I had a good friend of mine who came to the gym for a long time, um, named Tony. Who, you know, I will never forget. We were like at in the lunchroom planning a party for like a Thanksgiving break weekend or mm-hmm. something. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit late. It might have been Christmas break weekend or something. And so we're all like down there and we're planning, you know, it's going to be at this person's house. We're going to be at this time. And he's got his sweatsuit on up top on our like balcony at mm-hmm. our gym, just running laps, just laps and laps. Yeah. And we're all sitting down there and then you just like look up at him and he's, he's just doing it for like periods after periods, like yeah. hours after hours. Um, and it was that same thing you were talking yeah, about. It's just it's, a totally different era. It's, and it's mental toughness. I mean, that's the thing is that, that I, I, I love it because of it. And the stuff I was able to do in the military was, I would say a substantial portion of, of it was due to the mental toughness developed in wrestling and right. just being able to, you know, understand what, what my, my coach always used to ask or the assistant coach, he was, he was also our math teacher, but uh, Mr. Palumbo, but he would always say, are you hurt or are you injured? Right. Yep. <laughs> it's like the quintessential <laughs> yeah. question yeah, of a nineties like, coach. Are you injured? Yeah. Like, Damn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, I'm just, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's like affixes your mindset for life sort of after that. Um, yeah. And let's go into that. So like, were you a, like right after high school go into Marines? No. So I had a, I won't go into the full backstory, but, uh, I, I had actually gotten, um, into the Naval Academy and, was you know I got in the continent congressional nomination and everything like that and my grades were good enough mm-hmm. to like go, but I had um, you know there's I mean, you have to pass all these different tests you've got to pass obviously the academic stuff and then they do like a mental psychology you know background on you and then uh, physical fitness you got to do that and then there's the the full medical screen like you would if you were to enlist yep and that's that year I remember I discovered. Uh, that I had to wear glasses. Oh, yeah. And so I had a really minor corrective vision, and this is in the early 90s, so they didn't have LASIK yeah. really at that time or anything like that. And they, I don't think they, I think it may have existed, but they, it wouldn't have been authorized. And uh, so I, they basically said, hey, listen, you are now down-selected, or not down-selected, you're now in this group of people, only one-third at the time, only one third of the incoming class could have corrective vision. Oh yeah. Right. And those people were the people that live in submarines and are nuclear physicists you yeah. know, and, and had the grades and everything. So I was actually, I didn't even know where I was going to college after I graduated from high school. Cause yeah. I was waiting on, you know, was I going to get it or yeah. not? Ended up not getting it. Um, and it was kind of like, it took me a while to get over that. Yeah. Um, it was probably, I mean, it's for the best. And, and again, I'm happy with the, every, the way everything's turned out, but um, it. I ended up going to a backup school for a few years in Virginia, um, and it wasn't probably the best experience for me. I mean, it was good because I, I ended up indirectly meeting my wife that way because uh, she's from Richmond, but nice. um, 
yeah, so I ended up going there and I was like, screw this, I'm out. Like I dropped out of college, lived out west for a while, um, just, just kind of figuring my shit out and then ended up, uh, I remember watching the, in 1995, watching the World Series. Yeah. Brutal. Um, <laughs> in my room in Cleveland. And uh, was that my, Jose Mesa years? Was yeah, that that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, ninety five losing to the Braves, yep. and um, what? And my parents came up and they were like, "What are you doing? Like it's October and you're not. This was supposed to be your senior year. You're yeah. not in school, right? What's going on? Like, yeah. Now they've got a term for that. Yeah. You could have just said gap year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh yeah, I'm just uh, figuring myself out. Yeah. yeah. Which I was, but I was also working on a lumberyard. Yeah. Uh, in Cleveland, which is you know in the winter, which is as fun as it sounds like. Um, <laughs> and my parents were like, you got to do something. This is not you living upstairs in your room watching TV and then like going to work is not what this is about. So, yeah. Um, so I'm like, I got in a fight with them. I remember, I remember going, screw it. I'm going to listen to Marine Corps. And like, okay, whatever. You know, just f- figure your shit out. Yeah. Right? And little did they know, I actually went and listened to the Marine Corps. Yeah. And I came back and my mom flipped out and my dad was like, oh, shit, okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. Get him out of the house. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, whatever. So, uh, yeah, so I enlisted um, and then ended up um, uh, doing that. It was, I mean, it was a great experience. Um and I uh, shipped out 96, began 96. So I did delayed entry. Um, my actually, my buddy who was at West Point, yeah, who he was, um, he actually commissioned that uh, he, he was there for the, the, you know, when I raised my hand at the, at the station downtown in Cleveland, shipped out in uh, February of 96 and went to Paris Island, lovely Paris Island. It's actually <laughs> the best time of year to go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, perfect time. Um, that spring. And then I spent a year in Cuba, uh, did the did the fence line, um, and then came back, went to Second Tank Battalion, and then from there I went to Second Recon. And, yeah, and I loved that. That was, I mean, it was hard. It was, it was a definite nut roll, but um, it was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what it's a pretty uniform thing, I would say, you know, a lot of the special forces community guys that I've had the opportunity to talk with and meet with and know over the years, you know, it's kind of that same thing. It's the nobody. And this is what I try to tell people who are interested in going now is you can talk to every one of these guys and not one of them will ever talk to you about like any of the downsides they remember. They only remember the upsides. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you said, we'll breeze over it with one term. It was a nut yeah. roll. Right. But then yeah. you're just like, yeah. and that entails a bunch of crap. It does. Right. It does. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you're shoulder to shoulder to them with the best and you don't have to worry too much about the left or right of you or the politics or a lot of that kind of crap. You kind of filter that stuff out. Yeah. 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 And so that's always the the nice part. And then I, I like being around, you know, the community because, mm-hmm. They all kind of have. They've had their, um, I guess, ego death, if you if you can want to call it that, that. Yeah, and that's something actually. I was make. I took notes earlier this week because I was thinking about. It, I was like, all right, you know, I just want this like rambling kind of thing. But yeah, the the whole concept of of the ego death and the concept of learning how not to quit. Yeah, is such, and that's something. So I was thinking about this earlier this year. I think it was in the summer, and I forget what we were doing. We were doing some awful split squat thing that I hate doing. And I just remember kind of thinking about this. I was getting inside my own head, which was pretty uncommon uh, in the gym. But I was like, yeah, you're kind of remembering how not to quit. Right. 
And because I've lived the life of luxury, you know, not being in the Marine Corps, living in the barracks, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, for 20 something years now and all that is second nature, like not quitting. Cause you always have guys who are next to you who are not quitting. Right. And you, you just, that's, that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, I've had people ask me, okay, Hey, I, I want to go in the Ranger regiment and, um, you know, what's, you know, what's the secret to Ranger school or school like Ranger school or something like that. I'm like, just don't quit. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It sucks. Everything else sucks about it. Yep. Being good enough shape to not quit. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's that's the secret. Yeah. And it's like finding your ways to to learn how to just mentally talk yourself into or out of that, whatever's yeah. whatever's necessary. But that's what, you know, I, I enjoy in this in the more like life of comfort in, you know, the the mm-hmm. post gym world. I'm going to have to toss Charlotte outside here in a second, but, um, in the, uh, in the post, like yeah, that. she might want to, she <laughs> likes to take advantage of people when they, they when she knows they can't move. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, when you're, when you're like in that post kind of military world and you're removed from the barracks and you're removed from the crappy food and the, yeah. like all that stuff, um, you know, it gets, you get the choice to quit all the time, you yeah. know, and, and there's, I don't want to say a lot of people around you that are quitting, but maybe a better way to put is there's not a lot of people to your left or right of you that are gritting it out that right. you can see every moment of every day. Right. Um, that's always what I, the, the big thing for me is I got to see people who were, let's say less competent than me making it through things. Yeah. And so like, you know, I watched and that's what I always used to say to trainers at the tomb all the time. It's just like, listen, like, if that guy can make it and you can make it, then there's no fucking way you're going to stop me from making exactly. it. Exactly. Um, and that's it. You just don't quit. You show up the next day and you just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're I'm referencing the podcast I just listened to with uh, uh, you, Sean and, and Bobby about manifesting it. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's the original manifestation is just saying he can do it. Yep. And I could do more pushups than he can. So I know I can do it. Right. right? And so that's the, like, the most basic level of manifestation yeah. right there. Yeah. And then I used to, then like, once you get beyond that, I feel like, and you've sort of come to that contract in your head mm-hmm. that you're not going to, then I think that next piece that I always like to work on is like, I almost looked forward to when like the people to the left or right. I mean, I still am kind of this way in workouts. Like I love if I'm kind of competing in like a thrive workout next to somebody and you can just feel that little bit where like the doubt enters their head and yeah. they, like, put it down and break for a set. And then in my head, like it's just this trigger. Yeah, I hate people like you. And, yeah, and like I get that trigger hits me and then it's just like, Oh yeah. Like now I've got you like now I can then just like screw with that person a little bit. It's just like you put it down. Now, if I don't put it down, that's going to mess with yeah. your head. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like that, and that's little... why I do build only. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so like that kind of stuff for me is, is you know, that's such a great, um, that's, you know, the gym generally has been such a great outlet for me in that way. Cause I feel like I honestly, without the gym, I certainly would have lost it. I think, you know, in oh, terms of, yeah, you I, know, finding I, that edge. I only get too personal here, but Holy moly. Like, as an entrepreneur, as someone who was like just struggling to get the flywheel moving, right? To push that boulder. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're always pushing the boulder. You know this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there are times, there are some dark times that enter in your life. And there was a while there, like 20 in, in 2020 and 2021, 
I mean, you could kind of see flickers of light, but then it'd be like one step forward, three steps back in the business or, you know, it's like, it was just nonstop and it got real dark. But the only thing that I was actually succeeding in and that was demonstrable was how much weight I was putting up. Yeah. Like I could see growth there and I could see no growth anywhere else. And yeah. I was thinking like, I was like, am I going to ruin myself financially? Ruin? I mean, I'm like I'm in the you know second half of my forties here. This is yeah. not like I can, I have a lot of room. To yeah. Work you're 22 over. and you can restart yeah, anytime. Yeah. This is not that situation. So it was very existential for me and very dark. Um, lots of no sleep nights and, but but seeing that positive, you know, at least something happening yeah. that I liked, you know, in, in my life was, was the thing that kind of really kept me on the, on the straight and level or yeah. I don't know what the term is, but it was just kept me, kept hope alive. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I think more than anything, and that's, that's a really good way, I think, to use the gym and, um, you know, find different avenues for people, you know, if they're, if you, if you find like it's, I always look at things as momentum, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. how, how can I start that right. positive forward momentum? The little wins. Yep, exactly. The little wins and it can be with momentum. relationships. It can be with your business. It can be at the gym. It can be anywhere. Um, but you know, if you can start stacking those up one place, I always find that that really helps the carryover into other things. hundred percent. I believe that for, and I believe that more now than I even, I knew kind of logically or rationally that, yeah, that was that's probably true. But having lived that experience over the past couple of years of just being incredibly frustrated with myself with, I mean, you know, my wife, God love her. She, she didn't sign up for this. Yeah. You know? yeah right. <laughs> so I've yeah. been married to her 22 years and like, Oh yeah, I'm going to quit everything and spend down every penny I have in order to start a software company. And I've never built software and I've never sold software and I'm so, I'm trying to sell it to the biggest companies in the world. Like there's so much looking back at this. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, yeah. And it wasn't, I wasn't thinking. I was right. just like, Hey, it sounded like a good idea at the time, but it worked out. <laughs> but Holy moly. That's always the funny part. I feel like about the, you know, the, the deciding to start, like that's, I mean, knowing what I know now, like that's the thing is like knowing what I know now, I would, I would never have started a gym. It's like, no. and that was, I think what, honestly, it, it's crazy, but I've reflected a lot on trying to start the second gym mm-hmm. and, you know, COVID and all that stuff happened and all those things. And yeah, I, again, like I'm a the big, worst time yeah, ever. and I'm a big, everything happens for a reason guy. Right. Um, but I think it was so much harder because we, we knew what we were doing. And so then you have like expectations and when you like, when we first did the gym, we didn't do things like projections or like Excel yeah. sheets or right. like any of this yeah. stuff. It was literally like, let's, let's just start this thing and then we'll just figure it out along yeah. the way. Do I have money in the bank? Okay. Then that's better than it was the month before. Okay. Then we're fine. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, and even I remember we first started, like, I think, I think my initial investment, like we, I want to say it was maybe like like five or ten thousand dollars, and I was like, Grant's was like probably a little bit more than that. He had more, a lot more money at the time than I did. Um, but like, and I just remember thinking like, that's so much money for me. Um, and then you like, and then you start thinking about it, and you're like looking at your bank account. And you're just like, man, like we could support this business for like a year on this amount of money. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and then like you look back, and you know, for what we put into Lewis Center, um, you know, you're you're just like. Yeah, like how do we ever do this for like 15 grand it's yeah. crazy to think yeah, about yeah. well there's you know i don't think people give enough credit um and i see this just throughout 
my experience in, in, you know, in business is that people do not give enough credit to fortune or luck or whatever you want to call it for their successes. And they ascribe too much credit to bad fortune or bad luck to their downfall. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like shit happens, man. Right. Just like, you know, preserve optionality. That was, you know, that's one thing I've, been trying to teach my kids without getting into binomial option theory or anything like that <laughs> um but you know the the whole concept of pre- preserving optionality yeah. is so important i'm yep. beating this in my daughter's head right now because she's she's got schools coming to her and saying hey you know we'd like you to come to our summer program and it's and she's like well i, I wanted to go you know i want to do ballet i'm like that's that's fine you could but apply to this one too right you turn the turn the tables on them. Right. You say no to them, not them saying no to you. Right. 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 Preserving optionality. Yep. So um, it's it's a hard thing to to teach somebody when they you know, when the world is wide open. Right. Right. And it's just they're naturally mm-hmm. have optionality. So yeah, and that's like the you know I'm big on the um, probabilistic thinking. So mm-hmm. just thinking about like yeah. instead of and I think you know one of problem and it's really true for kids. And honestly, when I look back at the mistakes I made when I was younger, was I, everything I tried to make or I, I probably naturally just made things more black and white. I think that's just kind of the nature right. of kids. As right. you know, it's and you know even it's still be our, awesome or it's going to be terrible. Yeah, right. And our and our world still tries to push people so hard into these binaries, and it's either you agree with me or you're wrong, right? And it's yeah. like these like hard things. Um, and so now, like, I'm trying to be really conscious whenever I talk to people about stuff. Is just like. You know, uh, you know, I put that at maybe a twenty percent possibility right. of happening. You know, if I was ascribing a probability to this, I'd say that like this has an eighty-five percent, this has a ten percent, this has a five percent, and try to actually like use that language around right. people because that is actually, I think, how we should think about stuff. Yeah, but human beings are not built to think probabilistically. Right. Yeah, it's They're emotion not. and it's binary. It, and it's binary, and it's like you don't think about, hey, is that Russell in the bush? a tiger or food, right? It, the pro- a probabilistic approach would be, Oh, well, it's probably a 10% chance of being a tiger or a 90% chance of being a rabbit. Right. And so I'm going to go after it. Like people just think, no, it's evolutionarily. You think, no, that's downside. Like I get away from yep, it. Right. Exactly. So you're, yeah. you're conditioned you know, just by your, your, uh, biology to, to think in a certain way. It's funny you think about that. Cause when you talk about probabilistic thinking, that's a, big thing about what I'm about and uh, the one of the foundational book I read, I read it in business school and it actually kind of screwed me up in business school because um, it was contrary to what they were trying to teach us from a financial, like uh, financial investment and uh, standpoint. It's called, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. You might have uh, Nassim Taleb. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fooled by randomness, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Just a, one of my core foundational books. Yep. Um, and just the whole concept of the difference between risk and uncertainty. Right. And there, there are two different things, right? Uncertainty is unbounded. Risk is bounded. Right. So, um, you know, that concept, and you have to think about that, especially as an entrepreneur, you're, you gotta be, you have to think about things without becoming paranoid because, uh, yeah, Andy Rove wrote the book, only the paranoid survive, but. At the same time, if you're too paranoid, you're never going to do anything. Right. It's yeah, just, it paralyzes you. It paralyzes you, and it just freaks you out too much. So um, having that ability to kind of switch between those two modes of thinking is 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 useful. Yeah. It's hard to do, but it's useful. It is. And I'm interested in your take on, you know, looking back now, um, 
you know, I've got, obviously, so Grant and I were at this crossroads, right? Mm -hmm. And I was going back to school at Ohio State and I was all prepped for law school and Ohio State has a joint JD MBA program. And that was what we were both going to do eventually. And then Jane Grant was like, ah, maybe I'll just do MBA. Um, And I was like, maybe I'll just do JD. And we were, that's what we were like bouncing, Right. right? And then, you know, this opportunity, he got an opportunity to, you know, a great business opportunity for him that he ended up taking. And then we were like, listen, we're just going to start this gym. And then this is sort of going to be our MBA. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. I can still go to law school. I've still got GI bill left and I can right. do that. Um, and you know, now, you know, Grant is a, is a fantastic business mind. I've learned a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always interesting, you know, when you see now, or you, you talk with people who went and got MBAs and you talk to them and it's like, Hey, how much of that do you use? Or right. how much of that do you feel like, did that change? the way you were thinking about stuff for the better, or was it just purely networking? And we get a lot of the latter. For me, it was 100% of the former. Yeah, interesting. Um, I like that. And so I came out, you know, I majored in history. I was a military history major at Ohio State, which actually does have the best military history yeah, major. Yeah, that was basically what my major ended up being, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so uh, Alan Millette, who was a Marine, um, uh, he was my thesis advisor. Uh, but I, So I graduated, did real well. And but I was like, all right, I recognize I was at the crossroads as well. It's like, all right, in 2002, what do I do? Do I go? I was thinking about going to DC to do stuff or I, do I go back to school? And like, I really was interested in law school. And my grandfather was like, don't, don't do it. He was a lawyer and he, you know, he's a senior, senior lawyer. Um, and he was like, don't do it. No. Don't do it. Like, I don't think it's a good idea for you. Whether it was for me personally, because he thought, hey, you're going to be a shitty lawyer, or, <laughs> or it's just like, I, it's not a, a, a path for you. Um, and so I ended up applying to a bunch of schools, like maybe seven or eight kind of real top tier law schools. I didn't get in any of them because I fucked up the LSAT. And, uh, and so I was kind of like, oh, okay. And I was, I was, again, it was one of these situations where it was like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to apply to business school. And so I applied to Ohio State. It was the only business school I applied to. I did well in the GMAT and got in and was like, okay. And then it was a completely different way of thinking about life. Yeah. Like about everything. Like, and it changed, it, I, I credit it with changing the way I, I think. Like yeah. it was a really foundationally changing approach approach to life for me and I was like oh this is really kind of cool and I, there were some courses in there that I loved that like microeconomics like or they call it managerial economics but um Dr. Rock who's a professor there and she's still she's a friend of mine she um, um but she's just an incredible professor let her. yeah yeah you're good no keep going um and uh anyway so like that whole first year was like holy shit this is really cool like I liked it but um it was also um are you hungry she sounds hungry, um, but it, it, it really did. So I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time in business school. And to be honest, yeah, I mean, business school is a uh, is a networking opportunity. This is so funny. She's like on it. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna mess with like the microphone. I'm my sure. daughter's cat does this to me all the time. Yep. Um, Crazy. And it is, yeah, it's just a great networking opportunity. But I didn't really get as much out of it from the networking side as I did just from the way it changed that way. I think. And approach life. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, the, I'm such a, like, I, I don't, I try not to annoy people with my, like, like people will come to me and, you know, they'll just, 
they're just floating the idea right. of like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm maybe going to start my own business. And I'm just like, <laughs> do it immediately, like immediately just do it. And they're like, you'll ha, find ha, out really ha. quick if and, it's for you. And I'm not. like, I'm like, no, do it. Like, do it. Like yeah. just do, today, buy the domain and register with the secretary of state and go start your bank account. You can do all that stuff in an afternoon. Right. And you'll, you'll have a business by the end of tonight. Yeah. And then what you do with it, you know, wake up tomorrow and see if you can put in 10, 15 minutes on it. Yep. And if you like doing that stuff and it fills your cup, like then the world is in front of you. Right. And, but it's hard. It's so hard. It's the hardest thing. You know, it's, it's such a, it's such a unique challenge. Um, but like you've said, the mindset adjustment that I think it makes towards the way that you view the world, um, you know, productivity value, some of those things, um, you know, I really think that that, that mindset shift, um, just changes like the, I guess I would say the foundations that, that I place value in or like mm-hmm. the things that I look at and I'm like, that's a person I respect and I'll listen to. And that's not a person I would ever respect or listen to. Right. Um, and I think it's different than like what a lot of people would. Um, yeah. And that's, I, what's, that's why I think it's that mindset shift is really interesting. It, it, it's interesting because I, um, I view it in terms of, uh, you know, coming from the background I came from like an assessment selection yeah. process and any, kind of special operations type assessment selection has built into it off ramps at all times. Yeah. You can quit at any time. Yep. And they actually encourage you to quit. She's all about you right now. Yeah. She is killing me. She's like just banging <laughs> She's the microphone. Jumping on you. Um, and, uh, and that's what entrepreneurship is the same way. It's like, you can quit anytime you want. Yeah. There's no, there's no one making you be here. Right. You know, you can just not shut down the business and go be right. a, you know, manager at a bank or something. Yeah. Like, right. That, that's cool too. But it's, it's not, it's not being an entrepreneur. And I have conversations with uh, like, like Sean and uh, Tom Bruce, who's yeah. also a, uh, you know, he started his own thing is very, very successful. Uh, he's a gym member. And he, uh, we talk about this and it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a different mindset. Right. I mean, it's a it's a different view on life and right. how you interact with people and how you how you think about yourself in many ways. It's it's just it's a it's different. Yeah. And you know, I've been in startup kind of companies before, but never as a owner or as a as a founder. And it's a different um, even working as an early stage employee, you're still not thinking the way a founder or a, an owner thinks. Right. So it's, it's until you do it, you haven't done it. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's and that's like, it's, it's fun now, you know, we've got a couple budding brewing businesses, you mm-hmm. know, just like with like Shelby and Jenny, mm-hmm. like doing some things that are um, fun and exciting and they're providing value to people and people like it. And it's yeah. like, okay, you've got some product market fit. You got yeah. some things that some people that are really interested here. It's understanding um, creating value. Yeah. And then there's this, you just hear them start to say, well, like I've thought about maybe, and what about, and I'm like, I love it. Like I, that's it. Like that's, you're in the journey and guess what? Like you can get advice from all these people and you can ask a million people, but at the end of the day, guess what? You decide, you decide, yeah, you decide, (laughs) like you make the decision and that's, what's going to happen. And if you decide to not do anything, nothing happens. And if you decide to do a ton of shit, then 
a bunch of that stuff's going to fail and you're going to make it, you yeah. know, learn. And, um, that's the thing I was trying to like, let them, you know, be free of is just like, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're thinking about all this stuff, whatever you do, I promise you five years from now, you're going to look back and think it was wrong. A hundred percent. I yeah. was just about to say that because yeah. I look back at some of the decisions and some of the ways I thought about our position in the market and our partners and our customers and all this like in 2018, 19. And I look back at some of the emails I wrote, some of the, and like the way I described it, I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Just the dumbest thing. I, I, I wrote this. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Yep. And that's coming after 15 years of like high level business experience. Right. And yep. it's like, God, I was a naive fool. Yeah. You know? My mom so. has asked me for years because every Sunday, you know, and it's socially, not a great thing for us in our life, mm -hmm. but my Sunday afternoons for me for about a four to five hour chunk, I do the programming every week. Right. And, um, you know, obviously I, I put a lot of, I care a lot about it being good mm -hmm. because my whole family relies on it for their health and fitness. I rely on it for my health and fitness. So obviously like I want to make sure that I'm putting my best forward for that, but also for the clients as well and everything. Right. Um, and my mom, like on, you know, those Sundays where she'll want to have a family dinner or she'll yeah. want to do something. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, it's going to be tough. Like I got a program. So like I, I can do it if it's like a special thing, you know, right. but I gotta, I gotta do that the day ahead. It's kind of the right. thing I got to plan out. And, and there's like, a feedback loop built into the gym as right. well. So you get people come out and tell you, Hey, that was awesome. Or yep. holy shit. No, I never want to do that again. Yeah. Or, week to week, yeah. you know, month to month. And she always just goes, well, like you've done this for you know, 12, 13 years now, can't you just like take one of your old programs? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mom, when I read my old programs, it makes me sick. Like <laughs> they're, they, they, they're, they're so bad. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you mean they're bad? She was like, at the time, like people love them. And, and I'm like, right. But like, then you learn, you evolve and you get better and better yeah. and better and better. And it's like a constant iterative process. Um, and you know, that for me, I actually enjoy that. So now actually how I start my programming mm -hmm is I go back, you know, four years, three years, two years, one year, and I look for, you know, these workouts and look for different themes and yep. different stuff that sticks out to me. And then I'll maybe like take that theme and play with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, every time I do that, it's such a great process of here's what I've learned about why I can look at that now and tell you why it didn't work. Right. Like, um, and so now she wants out, doesn't she? she? That's um, the life of a cat. <laughs> right. Exactly. No yeah. such I thing came as a in, I bothered you. There's and no such thing as a shut time, door. Now it's time to go bother some other <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's funny because my, my wife, uh, for a long time, she's been, uh, you know, certified, uh, fitness trainer and for a very long time, she actually owned her own gym for a while. She, nice. I didn't know. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. She, uh, so we started working out at double martial arts back way back in the day in 2001 when, you know we moved to columbus in 2000 late 2000 and then um uh she had gotten into kickboxing at that time um like i think when she was in nursing school like so in the in the 90 99 something like that 98 and then so when we moved to columbus she was like i want to find find a gym that you know kind of provides that same sort of thing and and so we found Double martial arts, and then I trained there. They had a Krav Maga uh, program there, which I really got into, and it was one of the earliest ones. It was the only Krav Maga gym in in Ohio, I think, at the time, and so I got really into it. Yeah, um, and trained a lot uh, for uh, through business school. So basically, until about two thousand. 
five, six. And then I was working. I was traveling too much. I couldn't do it. And I also got I was training with a, a new guy um, who ended up punching me in both wrists and like disabling me for a while. And that was like the last, that was like, I literally remember the last time I trained because that I couldn't, I couldn't hold anything for a yeah. while. Um, and then, you know, she, but she had this core group of people. It was kind of, you know, good friends, tra- same sort of model, right? Good, close friends. And then they started their own thing. And, um, you know, and so she, she ended up taking it over for a while, but I remember her always writing out, Every class, she would, tr- you know, I was like, well, why don't you just save them? I, yeah, I literally right. asked the same thing. I'm like, yeah. why don't you just save those yep. and use them later? And she's like, no, yeah, no, I don't do that. And so she would hand write out every yep. class what the, you know, what the sequence was yeah. going to be. So she was really intent about that. And so I understand that. Yeah. Like, yeah you got to make it new and interesting and also, yep. but fit into something that makes sense overall. Yeah. And, you know, just like when you're going through your process. But she's Maria's coming in with oh, cheese. Oh yeah! Wine. All right, we got cheese and wine. Yeah, we can take a look. We can take. A, we can take. A actually, actually, God damn, I hate getting old, man. Fucking, I have to wear glad. I have to wear contacts to see far, and then I gotta see close using other con like other. It's... So, did you ever get corrective eye surgery? No, I, I asked my uh, my eye doctor about it, and he was like, <laughs> "Again, you get to an age where people are like." You, it's not going to help you at your age. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> And you're right. like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> I, got, how I, I got a haircut yesterday question. with a new person, and she was like, most of my, uh, which, what was the term? I was talking about Krista about this. It's like, most of my older male clients, and I'm like, like, yeah. how the fuck old do you think I am? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> my favorite story about that. So Jenny, when, so she had had shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. And like had, you know, I think actually two or maybe two surgeries in that mix. Right. I kind of remember that. That was a year and a half, two years ago. No, well, it was I mean, longer it was, than that. Now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but she was recovering from the second surgery and going through some PT stuff while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And when she found out she was pregnant. Okay. And she goes, I had two appointments today. In one of them, they were talking about how I was so young to have this shoulder replacement surgery. <laughs> And how I was on the youngest, you know, and everything was, was, well, you're so young, you're going to bounce by and everything's so young. And then my very next one, they were calling me a geriatric pregnancy oh. and, they, <laughs> and they were like, oh. they're like, well, you're so old for pregnancy. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's brutal. She was telling that story. And I was cracking up. I go, well, that's uh, the dichotomy of life, right? Yeah. It's like uh, Louis CK had a great bit about, you know, like getting old and he's like, you know, talking to his doctor about his ankle He's like, and he's like, well, if I were an athlete, he's like, oh, you're not an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bit. It's, it's- the doc, guess what? They don't try to fix anything anymore. They stop trying to fix shit when you get to be 40. They don't, they just go, yeah, it starts to happen. They don't care. <laughs> I went to the doctor because my ankle hurt, right? Now, if you're 20 and you have a bad shoulder, the doctor will reconstruct your shoulder through miracles of modern science. He'll take your ear and make a shoulder out of it. It's weird. <laughs> but when you're 40, they just give you no options. They don't care. I went, because my ankle, like I was limping for like a month out of nowhere, and the doctor, he brings me and he shows me an x-ray of my ankle. He's like, yeah, your ankle's just, uh, just worn out. <laughs> What do you mean? I injured my ankle? He's like, no, it's just shitty now. 
Yeah. Just, see that dark area? Ugh, it's all hardened. <laughs> yeah, they get like that. And they're not good anymore. <laughs> I was like, well, so just goodbye? Nothing? Is there nothing? You just, nothing? There's no, uh, it's like an incurable shitty ankle. That's it. And he goes, well, there's things you can do. You can stretch. Uh, for a half hour a day, you should stretch your ankle. <laughs> like, how long will that take to fix it? He's like, no, you just do that now. <laughs> That's just a new thing you do <laughs> until you and your shitty ankle both die. Because <laughs> like, dude, this hurts a lot. <laughs> And he goes, well, you could take a leave. Just take a leave. You could buy it. Just take it. And you can take whatever amount. It doesn't matter. Like, don't pay attention to the dosage. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you could take 10 a day. You'd be fine. He said take 10 a leave a day. <laughs> I said, I heard, doesn't that stuff, like, hurt your intestines? Oh, yeah, it'll do some intestinal damage after a while. <laughs> but you just got to weigh that against how much you like your ankle not hurting. This is all totally true, by the way. This is exactly what happened. And at one point, I was like, hey, what if I was like an athlete or something? He goes, you're not an athlete. So, so no to whatever else you were about to say. She, like, Maria doesn't love stand-up comedy, so I really have to, like, she has to be in the right mood. And, like, I have to, it has to, like hit for her mm. really quick. Otherwise right. she's just like, and like, yeah, if it's like a long story, like a Norm Macdonald or somebody who's yeah. like lengthy. Chris is not a yeah. stand-up person. Either, and, so. but I feel like we watched one thing on Louis CK and she was just dying. And I go, yeah, I go, we should get into Cause he's got a couple standups that oh, are like world class and they are unreal. like, yeah, so, so good. <laughs> um, and then I actually liked, I watched it. I think the first season of a show I actually yeah, liked Lu- it. Yeah. Louis is a great show. I yeah. really liked it. Um, yeah, and then he got canceled for yeah, something super got, weird. And he got he got caught being a weirdo. So. Yep, yeah, well, you know <laughs> that happens. Um, <laughs> all right, so we covered. I'm I'm just looking through kind of my. I like to I like to ask some similar questions. Yeah, so. yeah. No. Um, cool, cool, cool. Nice. So we talked a little bit about like Tom and Sean and just kind of like you know, other community people, the people, they're kind of people that, you know, are tight in your neighborhood and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sean's gone through a lot. Tom's gone through a lot. Yep. And so, you know, I think it's really cool that you guys are kind of, um, there for each other in that neighborhood. Yep. I yeah. Phil, really cool. I mean, he's another guy mm-hmm. he's in our neighborhood yep. and like, we're all just kind of checking in on each other all the time. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you feel like there's anyone else like that you feel like in the community that's been like really supportive or that you enjoy training with, um, or kind of look forward to seeing when you come in? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, it's, you know, because I do build and just because I do build, I'm like, yeah. ah, you know, that's this what I want. Um, but there are, yeah, there are folks in there that it, it's fun to interact with, uh, like Aaron Mix. Yeah. Like, he cut, like, he worked out with uh, me yesterday and that was just, he's just a crazy man. Yeah. You know, it's just hilarious. Yep. You know, to, to work out with him. And, you know, I'm just, I feel, like I, I feel got- bad for the coaches sometimes. They're like, they're like, dude. <laughs> Dial it back. Yeah. Like, come on. You know, I always tell, like I prep the coaches sometimes if they, if they come to me and they're struggling with, let's say just a strong personality, we won't say it's mm-hmm. just mixed cause there's multiple, um, you know, the one that I used to tell people for him all the time is like, listen, you just got to understand. I feel like he leaves here and he's just got to be like, you know, you know, 
business in, you know, in his uniform all day. And like, he's got all these higher ups and, um, you know, and, and he's, he's, you know, he's in brass now, like yeah. it's just not fun. And so right. I feel like he's got this really fun side to him and he like, just is, it can only come out here. Yeah. Right. Well, and he's, he, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, have to tell me that he's in the military and I would know that he's in the military. Right. Because right. that sense of humor yep. is prevalent. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't care what branch of service. Right. Everyone's got that kind of really dark sense of yeah. almost aggressive sense of humor. Yes. In the, yeah. And you know, if you're not, if you've never seen it before, if you've never lived it before, you don't understand yeah. it. But I mean, some of the funniest people I ever met were. Oh like, yeah. My drill instructors. Yeah. Yeah. Like how hard it was not to bend over laughing when these people yep. were talking out loud. Yep. It's just crazy. So, yeah, I love it. It's, it's there's like a there's a line that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of the way that I put yeah, it. Yeah. Especially like for me and Aaron and and other a lot of other service members too that have been in. Um, you know, it's, I think they enjoy knowing that they can just go past that line with yeah, me and it's yeah, like yeah. not gonna, not no, gonna I, matter. Yeah, um, that's but, been beaten out of you. So. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then obviously like Aaron will have to like you know, pull his punches <laughs> with Liz or somebody <laughs> like that. Um, well, it's funny though, cause they get, there's a give and take on all sides. Like oh, yeah. you, you see it. It's like, I, I like that. I enjoy that a lot about the gym, um, that about the community aspect of the gym and they're, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch. I never noticed this. I didn't, or I didn't pay attention to it, but for a while, but then, you know, you get, uh, on the build side, you know, you get the rack right there and then you go all the way to the side, you know, not the side door, but the, um, the hallway, the yep. hallway. And there's always this gradation, right? And it's just sort of a natural, even if the coach, no coach is telling people where to go, yep. there's kind of this gradation yep. of, of folks. It's always just sort of interesting to, to observe. So, yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, observationally, you can, you could literally, I mean, like we could have like a sociology student come in and oh, you could, you could write thesis study all kinds of crap. Like Absolutely. it's so interesting to me. Um, the little stuff, like I feel like, um, there's like, I feel like when I took logic and statistics classes, mm -hmm. they would like run these studies, you know, like it'd be like random stuff, you know, like little things. Like I flipped a coin a million times. You right, know, right. And Black beads. White yeah, beads. right. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. Right. And then they, they would ask you before, you know, just use your probabilistic thinking. Like, how, what do you think it came up with? Right. And you have these conversations, but I feel like for us, it would be like, okay, like we created two tests of like, wall ball organization. Right. <laughs> and it's like, which one do you think people are more likely to follow on the long term? Like right. which one's going to be a train wreck? Um, <laughs> and like you just like, cause you feel like over time, like you think that you come up with these like great organizational ideas yeah. and then like you, but you, le you leave the gym for one day and I come back the next day and you look at it and you go, mother, fuck, <laughs> how is that even possible? Like, I just set that up yesterday. Yeah, well, it's right because like I do th when we do things like with sandbags or or with uh, med balls or whatever. And for a while, I didn't even pay attention. I mean, half the med balls don't. You know, the the numbers have been rubbed off or whatever because yep. it's been used. And I, I would just grab one and yep. like, and I learned over time. Okay, let's let's learn what the exercise is. Yeah, right. Before we just start grabbing yep, yep. equipment. Yep. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Good rule yeah. of thumb. Yeah. yeah. It's like, otherwise you're going to throw your back out. Yeah. So. You, got, you got the wrong one. It's going to punish you. Yeah. And that's like, you'll just see me sometimes eyebrow raise and I'm just like, yeah, that's a, you're going to do a 20 for this. <laughs> okay. All right. Good luck. You know, um, 
but yeah, that's the funny thing to, to loop it back to Aaron real quick. But then I went to his promotion ceremony mm-hmm. yeah, and got nice. promoted recently. And, um, and he gave a beautiful speech. Like, um, you know, it was fun to see him in a slightly more serious setting, right. um, you know, and really just be a phenomenal public speaker and, um, just like the way, you know, he communicated and didn't forget anybody. Um, but you know, it's funny in that environment, I was kind of thought like, yeah, maybe be, maybe he'd be more serious. And he wasn't at all. Like he was still the same guy. So I was my thesis the whole time of just like, Oh, he's got to go to work. Could probably be really serious. That wasn't true at all. Like yeah, he's no, still just the same jackass. Well, uh, you know, Hey, the world, you know, the world I view in a very kind of uh, bifurcated way. And, you know, one of the categories I have for people, are you a shit and fuck guy? <laughs> yeah, right? right. Right. Like if I, cause I, I swear like a sailor, I have, I've, I've been a potty mouth for my entire life and there are people who don't like it yeah. and that's fine. And I've gotten better at knowing, you know, knowing my audience a little bit, but then there are people that I'm like, Oh yeah, he's a shit and fuck guy. Yeah, like right. I can like, yep. and on calls, I, I do a lot of client calls on zoom and stuff. And I, I've gotten very good at judging pretty quickly. Yeah. I love when they break the seal for me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. my favorite thing. Yep. And you'll get like, uh, you know, I do all of the, pretty much all of the new intro calls like mm-hmm. at this point. So I do, you know, we do like a 10 minute phone call and I pick up and talk to them and, it's so, it's so damn funny. Like you'll get these and they come across the phone. Like a lot of times it'll be like, like a mid forties woman. They come across, they're so sweet. Um, and then like all of a sudden they're just be like, and you know what? I'm fucking sick of it. And I'm like, yes, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's work on it. Like, and so it's just like, um, it's like that to me is like, he gets his like big green light. I'm like, okay, I, we're going to like each other, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So I totally, I, that's in for me, you know, that was what I was missing when I got out of the army and I yeah. don't know if it was oh, the same for you. For you go back to Ohio state after that experience. It was weird. It's so weird. And it's like, you're, you know, I'll never forget being a military history you sit in these classes with these like 18, 19 year olds and these people. And you're talking about like, I remember specifically talking about like Maoist China and like these students raising their hands and like talking about how, like how maybe communism in some it's ways, so and I'm just like, Oh my God, <laughs> these people are so stupid. It's so like hard it is. to it's sit and like sit through, you know, with just that little bit of, you know, life experience. And then you have the professors are, amazing because they're so like used to it and good at it that they right. just like take that and just like turn it into a question where right. I'd be yeah, like, and they go, well, that's the you, dumbest you know? fucking thing. <laughs> that's what I would do. I'd be like, just like, you're stupid. Yeah, like, <laughs> I award you no points. And like, God have mercy on you. Well, yourself. I just remember like, I, so back in the day I used to smoke, like I was, I was running 16, 30 minute, three miles. Yeah. But I used to smoke marble red. Yeah. Like I just, cause I just, <laughs> could like such as because i was 26 years old just crushing it and uh i remember walking across campus one time and ohio state had just transitioned to not selling any tobacco products on campus yeah and i was like hey walking up somebody was smoking like hey kept on a cigarette like never met the he looked at me like i asked for his sister's number yeah like he was like what i'm like I'm a fucking cigarette, yeah. dude. Like, you know, hey, and like in the Marine Corps, in the Army, like if you walked up to another dude dressed like a tree yeah, and asked for a cigarette, they'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. whatever. Like, it all comes around. It yep. was just a weird kind of like, oh, this is not like the Marine Corps. Right, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are like used to knowing you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that was such a bizarre experience. And looking back on it now, like it was such a weird, like 
I almost like phased that entire time period of my life like out. But I very distinctly remember, you know, I was going, finishing school and just really like, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't like this community. Like this isn't there. Like, you know, to, to use your term, the shit and fuck guys, like I wasn't finding a lot of that at Ohio right. state. Right. Um, and you know, you're still dealing with a little bit of sophomoric stuff as you will. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the point of 18, 19, 20 year olds, like sure, go out, go at it and have fun. Yeah. And, you know, but I was 24, 25, 26 at the time yeah. and different. Um, and even setting aside the military, your brain is different. Right. Exactly. Yep. And, That I think was one of the biggest things that I loved about, you know, our early gym was that was like kind of my like, you know, camaraderie brothership, you know, time. Mm -hmm. But when we got the gym, we were very lucky that like our first few ladies were like, you know, Lisa Guzik and Kara Fruitman. They were like these, these handful of girls. And like Kara is like the, the alt, she doesn't come to the, she hasn't come to the gym for years now, but they moved, moved up to Lewis center. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but she is like the ultimate shit and fuck. Like she's a yeah. girl who will go beer for beer with right. you. Like she is such a, um, not a girly girl. kind. Of yeah, yeah. And just, it just like one of the most fun people to hang out with. Yeah. And then Sam and Maria. And, um, you know, we're very lucky to have what I would say is very thick skinned, fun, loving, you know, women right. come to the gym and join at that time. Um, and I think that really helped a lot of the, military guys and guys that I was kind of bringing mm-hmm. to, to the facility at the time, um, help them feel like, okay, like this is kind of, you right. know, like is that environment right. where we are kind of, a you know, just give each other shit and then let's hit this workout yeah. and then let's, you know, and we're going to be friends about it. Yeah. That's, know? and that's, that that's very clear. I mean, you know, from the get go, I mean, it's very welcoming, very, very open, but at the same time you can tell there's like a, a strong camaraderie and that, you, you, you can't fake that. That's not something that you can just artificially insert like, uh, oh, in this phase, we're going to have camaraderie. It's yeah, like, no, right, no, you right. gotta, it develops over time and, and you get that by having the right people who accept you for what you are and who you are and not try and get upset because, you know, unless you're a raging asshole, they're, right. you know, right. you're going to be like, oh yeah, he's, he's a crazy person, but I like him. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, you know, the, I always, the thing I always told people in the military is, you know, you probably have a bigger problem. Like if you're at the tomb and you're training, if I'm giving you a bunch of shit all the time, it's probably a good sign. It means I like you. Yeah, exactly. And if I'm ignoring you, like that's when you probably have a problem. That's right? when the issue is. So like yeah. you're not going to make yeah, it. Someone who doesn't give you uh, advice or correction or you know anything that's po- like positive or negative, that means they're not paying attention to you at right. all. Exactly. They just don't think about you. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so that's why I always try to be like with some of the people I'm loudest with at the gym. Um, you know, it's always going to be the they're the people I like the most. I feel yeah. most comfortable. No, with. I, I enjoy work. Like I. I've worked out with people like Bobby. Actually, I remember this. Um, he, we were doing back squats, like back squats and front squats. It was uh, Bobby and Matt and I, and that when that new rig that's on the wall, yeah, the beast, the beast. So when that just, and so I was in my back squats, I've been struggling, I've been struggling with, I, I'm not a guy that's like going to set up my phone and take video of myself or anything like that. But I knew I kind of wasn't getting as deep as I should. And then we'd switch over to front squat. And I, for some reason, I my front squat, I can get all the way down. Yeah. Like, no problem, really flexible. And and Bobby's like, I don't know how you can, you know, your back squat, you're not coming close to breaking the <laughs> plane. And on front squat, you're going all the way down. And I'm like, 
okay, so I'm going to take that as a correction. So I ended up talking to Andy afterwards. Like, dude, I can't. What's the, like, how am I doing? He, he, it was great. It really helped because I was able to, he was like, Hey, listen, you don't have to stand, you know, completely erect on a back squat. You can bend a little bit at the waist and, you know, think about this, this movement and this process. And I was like, okay. And I started focusing on that and like paying attention to my body and the way I was, I was, uh, you know, feeling about that movement. And I, I went up, you know, I, I haven't done a max rep back squat yet or recently, but I did like 287 or 290, something like that, twice. Yeah. Just after that correction. And it was because Bobby was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. And, you know, and, punches, and then yeah. me going, oh, I'm doing something wrong. So let me, yeah. you know, let me think about this. And, you know, Andy, like, Talk to Andy, like, yeah. hey, what's going on with this? So. Well, and over time, too, I think if you think about that effect, right, like that that thing, what I've always kind of said is, you know, the people who are maybe too sensitive or too in their own yeah. heads with stuff, like, they usually don't last at the gym a lot of times just because... Um, they don't last a lot of things. So. Yeah, right. But it's like you can't, you know, you, you do have to be open to, you know, criticism, feedback, mm-hmm. um, joking, laughing, you know, Being like... coachable. Yeah, right. That's like, why I try and tell my kids, like... Yeah. That's the biggest thing. My daughter's really good because she's been in ballet for since she was, you know, a foot tall. But being coachable is the the one of the biggest assets you have as a human being. Right. Yep. And that was what you know when I when I talked to, I did a leadership talk recently at the at school, mm-hmm. and that was one of the biggest things I tried to say is like it, it, you have to understand that like being coachable and, you know, being a leader really do walk hand in hand because the best leaders have to be the most coachable people and they have to take it from not always other people per se, but you have to be able to take it from books and then take action or a podcast and take action or, you know, whatever it is yourself. Yeah. Like if you're a good person, your gut will tell you, I'm not doing something right Right. right here. Yep. Something's wrong. I don't know necessarily what it is, but I know that it's off. Yeah. It feels off. Yep. Yeah, and that's I think such a hard thing to tap into, and you get better at it with age. Um, you definitely get better. But you know that's the fun part I think for some of you guys who have these teenage kids that I get to talk to, um, and you get to live it all back over, and you're just like, man, and like it's interesting because I think you know I always try to hedge on the side of of the teenage me mm-hmm. and really tap into that mindset and that mentality of who I was and where I was and what I was focused on and struggling with. Right. Um, and just try to remember it and then just try to think about like, was there even any way to communicate with me about this stuff? Um, and it, probably not, right. You're just relying on, you know, and I know Jack more than, um, you know, your daughter, what's your daughter's name? Layton. 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 Yeah. Um, and, but every interaction with him, it's like, okay, like he's, he's such a good kid. Maria loves having him. And she said that from the very first day that she's loved having him. And so then like in the back of your head, you're just like, that's for a lot of it. Like once they get to 14, 15, 16, it's like, you're kind of like guiding them. It's like curling, like you're guiding yeah, them, pushing yeah. them in the back. Yeah. And you got to let them go. You got to be the guy get, with the broom, not the guy it, pushing. Like, yep. You got to be the guy with the yep, broom. Exactly. Bit, so. Yeah. And that's kind of the mentality. So it's fun to see when people, um, you know, start to get, who are great leaders, who are, who have thought so much about this stuff and put a lot of mind space in it like yourself. And then watch them, you know, with parenting stuff. I right. think that's that's fun for me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will take like ten percent of the credit. Uh, my wife deserves ninety percent of the credit, um, and she's because early on, especially early on, the kids when they were little, little, uh, all the way through, I want to say, you know, basically when they went to kindergarten, I was traveling so much that I was gone 
three to four weeks a month sometimes yeah. for wow. years yeah um where i just go yeah and be gone and then come back and wasn't around as much um and so they a lot of that you know she was very active with them very getting them out doing she she's not a you know you met my wife she's not a sit down type of person yeah. you know she's a, she's a gym gym rat yep. and uh so she's not sedentary so bringing the kids out always having them out having structure because that was what she found was was vital for uh, a successful you know jaunt to the supermarket or going to the zoo or do whatever it was but there was a structure around it right. that the kids could basically, they grew into that structure and they learned how to, um, they basically learned how to operate because there was structure. It was not yeah. chaos. It was not, there was, you know. Looseness almost. There was yeah. not a looseness to it. There was not like, oh, you know, I mean, there, to a certain degree it was, and I was probably the, the, the chaos agent, uh, a, a lot of this stuff, but um just having a structure for young kids is the most vital thing there is. Yeah. Like that's it. Yep. They, they will turn out okay if there's structure. Yeah. And if there's no structure, they will seek structure. Right. And sometimes that structure is not the one you want. Yeah. Right. To have. So. Yeah. I think that's what's so interesting now is there's so with, with technology stuff, there's so many different ways that they can find themselves into these corners. Um, and that's where it's like, it's that's, you've got to like just, front run that stuff and it it's is. getting harder every day it is and i mean it's like jack he's not on social media he, yeah he hates it yeah and he he doesn't want uh any of it uh, he's not a part of any of it i mean some of his friends are and unfortunately for him i mean he misses out on things but uh because his friends are like uh not i mean he has a phone he can text people but they're on snapchat so yeah, they're right. texting on snapchat he's yep. not he's like i don't want that that's yep. stupid so um he he kind of recognizes it for what it is. Layton is like, you know, she's an Instagram person, but she's not terrible about it. Mm -hmm. And she's definitely attuned to the crazy girl drama stuff yeah. that exists out there. And she's like, yeah, I don't like her best friends are boys. At yeah. school. She hangs out with boys yeah. at school. Yeah, it's Maria. Yeah. Yeah, she's so that she's same just one. not not into that. Yep. You know, she saw it from an early age. So I, I mean to a certain degree, I guess our kids are somewhat self directed as yep. far as that's concerned. Because they could they were observant children, like they were not um, blind to the way the world works. And, you know, they, they saw things that they didn't like in friends that changed over time. And yep. they didn't like, they, I don't, and I don't have a good answer why they didn't like it. They just didn't like it. Yeah. And they were, um, secure enough in who they were as people to say, I don't like this and I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I think kids can feel in authenticity. Like if you're, oh, yeah. if you're not being authentic yeah. to who they know you are in their interactions, mm -hmm. like, you know, if you're, if, if you're a kid and you're playing with another kid and you know, they are like this, this caring, nice, talkative person, sweet to somebody, but then, you know, they like get around girls or, or they're oh, at yeah. school and they try to be like the bad boy. They try to like yeah. be a dick or they try to do these things and you're just like, that's not like who you are. Right. Um, you know, and I think then when you take that stuff, some of that stuff to social media, whether it's like, oh, that's what makes it worse. Or, it's one thing to be like, Hey, I'm going to, cause I'm trying to figure out who I am. Right. So right. you're going to, as a kid, and I remember like you're to your point of like thinking back to who you were as a teenager and I moved, um, I moved states. I changed, uh, everything, uh, between seventh and eighth grade and then between eighth and ninth grade, which were completely formative years that were yeah, completely hard, dislocated. Hard times to move. And so I I actually empathize a lot with the kids 
my kids went through this with COVID mm-hmm. when school shut down for a year. And it's just like a completely dislocating time for them. I mean, my daughter's stressing out right now. She's a junior. She's having her first kind of midterm or final. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. nuts. It's yeah. like, like, oh my God, all this stuff has changed so yeah. much. So, um, you know, to a certain degree, yeah, people are changing or figuring who they are and, you know, changing their hair, changing their friend groups or doing all these different things. But it, at the same time, there's a core element that you have to always acknowledge. Right. And I think, the, to your point, the kids are the smart kids will recognize this person's an authentic person, an honest person. Yep. And I li- I like that right. because I can trust them. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Versus I'm not quite sure who you are today. Right, exactly. Yep. So. No, I think that's fitting. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, all right, we're going to move on to our um, to our fun questions. Okay. So uh, if you've listened to the other podcasts, you probably know that you know these. Um, but, you know, we and you know that we have a flexible dollar amount here. So we'll call it $1,000. We're up to 1000 I think, maybe 2000 because I think Kelly was taking a flight to France. Mm, mm. Um, so, but we have to spend it all on one meal. Where are you going? What are you getting? Um, well, it kind of, so I grew up as a seafood guy. Like yeah. that was my, my first hard food was seafood because I was born in Boston. And so I'm always orient towards seafood. However, and there's a meal I remember when I was on float uh, in the Mediterranean and uh, my fiance and now wife flew over. We had this giant seafood, like, you know, how those towers. Yeah. And we were in the south of France. I mean, this is during deployment, right? This doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, right. Um, And they had a giant seafood tower and it was just every, from the tiniest little whelk to the big lobsters, whatever. I would do something like that. It was probably number one or... If I had a thousand bucks, I would spend it on a like three rib, prime rib wagyu beef. Yeah, like that would be the because that's my I, I really that would be nice. I would never had like real like Japanese. Yeah, like go to Japan. Yeah, wagyu right, beef, right. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, fine. But there's probably some place in New York City that's got some authentic, you know, crazy, mm-hmm. like top world chef. Um. Yeah, I've gone, I mean, I've been to New York a bunch of times and I've, you know, it's, I've eaten some really nice steak houses. There's the, the one meal I remember uh, that sticks out in my mind is we had, it was a nice steakhouse. It was in the meatpacking district, but it wasn't the steak that I remember. It was this carrot. And Krista, my wife, still laughs about this. I love like root vegetables, yeah. carrots, and um, and it was a perfectly. It looked like a cartoon carrot. Yeah, right. Completely, perfectly round. Had little green bit. Looked like Bugs Bunny had put yeah. it on a plate. And it had a uh, carrot reduction on top of it. Yeah. And it was you could cut it with a fork. It was just like just resting your fork. It's like it melted through it. Went through it. Yeah. And it was the essence of carrot. Yeah, right. It was right. the most incredible thing. It was like, that was part of the, the whole meal layout. I was like, okay, all right, whoever did this, yeah. I'd like to meet you. Yeah. That's, and I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be like steamed in some way you would think, right? To get oh, that soft. It was roasted, but it didn't have any brown on it. It was just yeah. an incredible thing. So Yeah. That's pretty cool. I love, I mean, that, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, like, um, you know, I had a good friend of mine go to culinary school Mm. and, you know, he's been head chef a few different places Mm -hmm. and started his own place now. And, you know, his, like you said, creativity. Oh yeah. I think that's gotta be the most impressive thing when you go to a, a unique restaurant and they just have something where you're like, wow, I've never seen that before. Like, I feel like I've gotta be, um, I feel like I've gotta be on top of that. 
Jesse, go. <laughs> and and like it's stuff like that that's memorable and unique yeah. and different. You're not going to get that anywhere else. No. Um, I wish more. That's the one thing that you know. I'm always. I think about it's. It's weird to think about gyms and restaurants together, but I try to think about some of that kind of stuff all the time. Where it's like, um, I, I want things that are, and there's sort of the essence of build. Like I want something mm-hmm. that is like, that is really like unique that you just can't get this menu, like, or this workout anywhere else. Because right. I love going to places that are like, it's simple. It's binary. We've got a, we've got B pick your choice. Right. What do you that's like? Excellent. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of my, that's always my goal, but that that's, those are the restaurants where I'm always like. Like okay, they've got yeah. It's Hyde Hyde Park's one of my favorite local yeah, ones because it's the same that, thing. The they Hyde have Park, a one page right, menu, very close to that original Hyde Park. Yeah, uh, off Henderson uh, when we first moved to Columbus. So I remember going there a few times. And it's just such a cool. It's like you're you're this fancy restaurant. You got one page menu. It's yeah. like that to me. I'm just like that's how you know it's gonna be fantastic. It's like they wouldn't have other people here and be in business for thirty years right. if it was on a one page menu. Yeah, I've been to a restaurant in San Francisco where they didn't have a menu. You just yeah. showed up and they you ate whatever they gave yeah, you. Yeah, right. And you're like, I'm paying four hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like I wasn't paying. <laughs> yeah, we did it when we were in Munich. Um, we went to a couple like um, I'd call them they're just kind of hole in the wall places for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. I mean, they, we, we've got soft pretzels and we've got sausage. And so in my mind, I'm like, and beer. Right. Um, and I'm like, we're here for breakfast. Like we just went out drinking last night. It's, you know, 8 AM. They're like, we got you. And I'm like, I don't know about <laughs> soft pretzels and sausage and beer for breakfast, man. Like I just, I'm not there right now. Like I could use some coffee and like pancakes maybe. <laughs> um, and, so and then sure enough, like you have that first soft pretzel, you're like, Oh shit, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. And then you have that first sausage, like right out of the, the big boiling pot. Yeah. You're like, dang, that's pretty good yeah. too. And then that beer tastes extra good right after. And then it all like complements itself. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I love, you know, ethnic food of any stripe is th- th- these especially pure kind of ethnic foods where they're not trying to be homogenized or a fusion, which is fine. You know, yeah. it's, it's okay. But we're the, the like to your point, they've grown up together. They've, right. It's got a thousand years of culinary history behind yep. it. Right. Appreciate it for what it is. Right. These flavors work together for a reason. Yeah. The right? flavors work together. It fits the ambiance of the space, the, right. the time of year, all those exactly. different things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. One movie to watch for the rest of your life. All right. So I, this one I prepared for because I was like, this is a hard question. It is. And so I'm going to, either cheat or I don't know how, whatever you want to take, make it what you want to be. No movie. I, if I had, if I could not watch any movie or if I could only watch one movie ever again, I wouldn't watch any movie. Okay. Because I, I have movies that I, I love, but I love them because I can watch other movies. Right. Right. So that's the thing. Like it's a desert Island thing. Like what what albums would you bring on a desert Island? Or, you know, it's like, well, you're asking me my favorite things. Here's one for you. When you're on deployments, oh, yeah. what movie do you feel like you watched the most? Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Okay. Because yeah. that was, it just come out. It was yep. 90, we were on float 2000. Yep. So it just come out. I watched that movie. I don't know how many times. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many times because it was yeah. always running. Yeah. It was yeah. always like, if you've ever seen the birthing area in a ship, it's not a lot of fun. Uh, you know, triple racks. Yeah. And there's a TV and that TV always had Big Lebowski and then some other randoms. Uh <laughs> And we had a guy in my team, he was a, one of the other team leaders. His wife would send him Japanese pro wrestling 
like VHS tapes. It's the craziest thing. Like this is the one where they like had baseball bats with like barbed wire and shit like that. Maybe hitting each other and like blood coming all over the place. And you're like, (laughs) I never yeah, I grew up watching WWF. Yeah. And he's he's that's what he's like. What in the hell is going on? <laughs> this guy has broken glass in his face. Yeah. Like, and it, it was the craziest stuff. Yeah, that's so, bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, Big Lebowski is a huge staple down at the tomb. I mean, that probably gets watched once yes. a week down there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we were on those. VHS way into DVDs still. Yeah. The Big Lebowski, like, DV, uh, you know, VHS had been worn down, like, all the way. Um, yeah, such a good, <laughs> such a good staple. That's like, gotta be one of the most rewatchable comedies mm-hmm. for sure. We were big at the tomb for uh, Wedding Crashers because we were in DC and yep. just been released. Yeah. So we watched that's that. a great movie. I, I yeah. do like Wedding Crashers. That whole genre, the early aughts, like the the Vince Vaughn, the, yeah, um, you know, Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell, Ferrell all yeah. that. They, was, yeah, we had Zoolander on the other day. I don't think Maria's ever seen it before, and what? I'm just like, oh my god, we got to add what, this, this one to the school list. For ants? I'm like, how have you never seen this movie? It's so <laughs> ridiculous and great at the same time. <laughs> um, and there is now it. when you go back there's so many people in that movie yeah oh yeah it's crazy yeah, it's yeah it's it's very funny uh, <laughs> we we in my company we're all military guys and we all we basically talk in movie quotes yeah right yeah so yeah it's 100 percent like more of a i don't know I, I don't think it's as prevalent in like some of the more um like techie or air force it's definitely like a very grunty thing yeah um so and i think a lot of that's just yeah right because and i think it's mostly just because like i don't know if i want to see you have a lot of like it's like you know hurry up and wait kind of a thing like you have a lot lot of downtime yeah like yeah and you're always on the bottom end so you're waiting you know you're barracks time someone up there said you had to show up at seven yeah and by the time it gets down to you it's 445, 445, right, 445, right. whatever. And you're just like, oh my God, really? Yep. And then, yeah. So. Yep. Um, that's actually what I tell people all the time. When I, when like kids ask me about enlisting, I go, all right, we're going to meet tomorrow at nine. And they're like, okay. And I'll show up at like 1030. It's <laughs> <laughs> be like, okay, that <laughs> is just a little glimpse of like everything. Did right? you bring a book? And then it's like, all right, what's, what's really fun for you? And they would say, like, let's say, like, I don't know, um, snowboarding. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Here's what we're going to do. All right, we're going to go snowboarding, okay? But to go snowboarding, you're going to have to go through 30 safety checks before you go. (laughs) After your 30 safety checks, you're going to sit at the base of the mountain for two hours until I give you the green light to go up the mountain. And at the top of the mountain, you're going to do another safety check. And then after the safety check... I'm going to guide you down the mountain together as a team. And at the end, we're going to do an after action review to tell you how you did at the mountain oh, before you do another safety check. And then you wait, and then you're going to sit back down again until you, until you can tell you. Can oh, go. And, and, and your equipment won't fit quite right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be digging, burning into your, <laughs> your heel a little bit for the whole two hours. Oh, and you can't take any of it off no. once you've done your first safety check, That's by right. the way. Um, and uh, is, and then it's like, how about now? Is it fun now? Yeah, no, yeah. it's not fun anymore. Yeah, I used to right? love camping. I used to live outside. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. That I, I think I've been camping once since. Yeah. I got right. Shooting and all <laughs> yeah, these different yeah. things. You're like, they're like, I want to go in to shoot guns. I'm like, yeah. not going to be what you think it's going to be. Yep. Um, <laughs> first time you see a drill sergeant punt a dude for flagging you with a oh rifle, like you're going to be changed for life. It, yeah. But those are important rules. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yep. Um, all right. Favorite dessert. Ice cream. I know you're not an ice cream guy. Yeah. I'm an ice cream guy. Uh, I love ice cream. What kind? Uh, it's got to be chocolate. 
of some variety. Okay. And so, uh, you know, shout out to Kroger with their Moose Tracks private selection. Ooh. Uh, their Moose Tracks Extreme. Wow. It is just a garbage can of chocolate. Moose Track Extreme, Extreme. Kroger Private Selection. It's got this hot fudge ribbon in it, or yeah. fudge ribbon in it. It's incredible. <laughs> Sounds good. I bought graders. I love graders too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm an ice cream guy. I, yeah, you guys are right there by graders. Um, yeah, we we used to go birthday parties at graders. Yeah, like all that sort of stuff. But um, but uh, fun fact: my daughter doesn't eat ice cream. She doesn't eat anything sweet. Interesting. She is an anti-sugar person. So it's going to be it's hard to healthy drive for a life. small child yeah, when right. she doesn't eat anything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, you got to like, like a sugar donut is like the extreme for her. Like she's like, yeah, I don't hmm. want to do, but can we not have any of the sugar on there? I don't empathize with that. I feel <laughs> well, like either, I, I'm like, who are you? I feel like that's one of those things. Where I'm like, You're but space alien. But have you tasted an Oreo <laughs> before? Like seriously, she's never had ice cream. She's never had chocolate. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to fathom. Yeah, that is hard to fathom. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you something about the moose tracks. Uh, mm. Now I can't. Oh, uh, how do you? So, are you in a bowl, waffle cone, plastic cone? Bowl generally. Um, cones, I, I know they just get in the way of the ice cream. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely bowl. Okay. Um, or out of the container. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I, I've got good and those little. I don't know how much it is. It's like a two cup. So it was a pint. Yeah, container. pint. Oh. I, I can. I'm disciplined that I only work down. Quarter of the way. Oh, that's so I'm like I can make very it last. disciplined. I can make it less. Yeah, I, that's like minimal. Better. Yeah, my dad's notorious for like just eating. The yeah, the whole pint. Yeah, it's bottomless. my dad's the same way. He would eat ice cream. He'd eat anything. Sure, like my son has to hide when we're up at the lake. My dad's are, he's like I hide his sweets yeah. from my father. Yeah, Maria and my dad have the exact same palate when it comes to desserts. And really nobody else in our family shares that. And so like that was, I would, the my Maria thing. has been a benefit to my dad in a few <laughs> ways, but I would say none more than when they get together on Christmas and it's like raid the ice cream time. Yeah, they get like, both get so excited. So, <laughs> um, I love it. All right. Favorite vacation, vacation destination. I know you're pretty well traveled. So yeah, I don't, I mean, it's gotta be tropical. I mean, we're, you know, we're a tropical family, um, in terms of, where you like to go? Where we like to go? I mean, we like to ski. Like we we also ski, but um, definitely if push comes to shove, it's it's tropical. I don't have a, a single place, um, but yeah, warm. Yeah. Oh, well, Hawaii is incredible. I mean, I, Kauai, that island. If you ever get a chance to go there, it's amazing because it's so jungly. Um, and it's smaller, like the big island is huge. Yeah, it's, it is huge. Um, so you kind of almost lose that island vibe to it a little right. bit. But the the Kauai, the the air is perfume. Yeah, I've never been to a place where it smells like like when you're walking through the Macy's. Yeah, know? right. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's, that's what it smells it's like. Like fresh it's ocean incredible. breeze. Yeah, it's incredible. So, um, but yeah. it's just so far away. Yeah, Hawaii is definitely on our list. But that is like, it's just not as easy as like the Caribbean to get to for us. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something. I mean, now so many people have said that they they love it so much. Yeah, that would it's to. definitely worth worth the worth the trip. And you know, yeah, I, I love, love it. I like that. But uh, where do you want to go? Like, what's on your list upcoming that you've never been to? Well, we're going to get ready to go to Costa Rica nice. in a little bit, um, a couple weeks. Uh, Andy commented in my 
pasty white thighs the other day. So <laughs> I was like, listen, he's like, you need to go somewhere, get tan again. I'm like, listen, stop looking at my thighs. You creep. You wear the shorts though. <laughs> yeah, I, I you bring it on. I, yeah. You know, Hey, silky life. You know, um, there's something with that, you know, with that culture. Don't wear it. If you don't want to look that, you know, <laughs> <right>. it's like, <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to Costa Rica, which is cool. I've never been there. Nice. Um, it'll be fun. But yeah, I, I would love just to spend time just going to all those Latin American countries on the, Caribbean. And the, you know, the, the best part about some of those, and I actually just had, we just had a gym member go to Costa Rica who comes in the evening. I'll maybe see if I can in, uh, introduce you guys. So that'd be fun. You'll like, you'll like him too. Um, he's an entrepreneur also. So, um, but they're, they're there right now. And they did something that we did when we were in Mexico. That is really cool. It's a great way to support local culture. Um, you know, support independent, I guess you'd say, you'd say employees, we would say contractors, but, um, but hiring a private chef yeah. and like having them just like we had a one go and grocery shop for us and make food and dinner and breakfast for us. Um, and you know, for us, for what the value of that really yeah. would be, um, you know, granted we had like 16 people with us. So when you right. split it 16 ways, it really ends up being something yeah. like nothing. It's like Save 50 a ton bucks. Of money, right. Actually. Um, but you know, we did, so we did that. And then we did, um, had masseuses come out to, to our place and do like massages on location with us. Oh, so wow. like we were like poolside and then it's like, Hey Jeff, like you're up. And then we go up and get a massage and then go back to the pool. Um, and that stuff in Latin American countries on average, you know, in here that would cost 150, 200 bucks right. there. It's $20. Right. And like, if you tip them $10, made their week. yeah, they, they love it. And so like for us, we're always in that boat of like, a you know, one of the best things we can do if we come down here is support the local yep. economy. And at the same time, we can, you know, help a little bit slightly impoverished people and get something for us that like makes this vacation really memorable. Right. And so that's kind of the cool part about, you know, the Costa Rica's, the Aruba's, the Cancun's and some of those places. Yeah. I, um, I, I, we, we try and do the same thing where we're trying to, you know, always, it, it's just more interesting. To right. Be honest. Like, yeah. It's just, you know, yeah, they made us like local dishes and sit at the pool all day. And you're like, you could do that and literally anywhere. Well, like, they cater just, it, it's, they make it like American food and they dumb it down. Yeah. And it's terrible. And, you know, it's like, no, I mean, I understand people that just want to like decompress and not do anything, not be responsible for anything. Right. But I, I call my wife the cruise director because she does everything. I don't, right. You know, we're going horseback riding. Like, I yeah. wouldn't, you know, yeah, I guess that's a thing, but, you know, yeah, that's I, me. I love doing that for us. So, like, I'll sit here for hours yeah. and just oh, research yeah. what to do. Like, I love got, it. She's, I mean, she literally does it all. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. a gift. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Maria's on the other side. She's always just like, people are like, what, what are you guys going to do? Like when, before we leave people at gym, be like, what are you guys going to do? And Maria just goes, I don't know whatever <laughs> Jeff has going for us. Um, and so like, I, I get really excited for that. And, um, and I also, you know, Costa Rica, you know, would fit the bill of like, I like just going exploring. Like right. I try to always have one to two yep. days where it's just like, listen, let's leave these days totally open right. and let's just drive and talk to people and find stuff that right. we can get right. into. That's fun and different. Talk to locals. Like those are always my questions that I ask locals when we do some of the more organized stuff. It's just like, Hey, if you were here for one day, like what would you go and do? Right. Where would you go to eat? What's like, yeah. what's your favorite don't place? Don't give me the pat answer. Like honestly. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. I don't want, yeah, that that was the cool part about those chefs, you know, specifically down in, we were off of, we were in, was it Isla Mujeres? So it's just off of Cancun. Yeah. Um, okay. yep. And, you know, they, you know, we had, we had asked them a couple of times just to be like, Hey, we want like your, 
what's what's your favorite dish mm-hmm. to make? What's it like the the local dish? And God, he made it, and it was just like you know heavily heavily spiced. I think chicken steak um, on like a like a tortilla. Um, but you know, the, the stuff that he had with, it was very unique. Like the, um, it wasn't passion fruit, but it was some, um, it was like, was it star fruit? Can't remember what it was. Some, some fruit I'd never even seen before. Right. It was like yeah. a centerpiece of the dish. I was like, not only have I never tried this, I've never even heard of it or right, seen exactly. it before. Um, and so now he's grilled it and spiced it and put it in this sauce and that goes with the meat. And it's just like such a cool thing to experience. I love that. That's um, insane. that's why I love traveling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, get those get those experiences. Um, all right, best TV show of all time. Oh, um, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I I grew, well. Let me just say uh, again. I'm gonna cheat. Uh, MTV, mm. not a TV show. Classic a, music videos, but a lifestyle. Yeah. I grew up watching MTV because I was a weirdo um, after school. Like I would come home. Remember, we got MTV, we got cable very early on uh, because we had moved from Boston. My dad wanted to watch hockey games, and the only way to watch hockey was on the cable. It was yeah. early ESPN, whatever. And MTV was on. He was like, I didn't care about that. And I yeah. remember like, coming across it, I was like seven years old. Yeah. And I was like entranced by this. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. And I watched that, and I watched like G.I. Joe cartoons or whatever after school, but then I'd watch MTV yeah. all the time. So MTV for me was my the thing it's like I love music. I'm a I was a DJ in college, like not a mixing DJ, but like an actual radio DJ. Yeah, right. Years. Um, and that like my love of music, my I have a broad spectrum love. Of, there's no one thing I love more than any other. Yeah. Um, in terms of musical taste, um, but yeah, so MTV. But I mean, I love like sitcoms. Like Cheers is is an all time classic for me. You know, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, just died. Piece. Yep. Um, you know, the, like that's that's a great show. Um, I actually stopped watching a lot of TV in the '90s. Yeah, I only watched some sports, but we didn't. I didn't when I was in college, and then when I was in the Marine Corps, didn't watch TV. Yeah, I didn't watch right. football because of fucking Art Modell. Yeah, right. Um, and so I I severed my yeah, it was the dead my, period. Yeah, my attention with the NFL. Yep. In the '90s. Yep. And when the Browns came back, I was just like. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> it All actually right. wasn't that I, bad that they weren't here yeah, in hindsight. I guess yeah. I can. Uh, I, I had a bad temper, so I was I was like putting my fist through the wall. Yep. You know, watching the Browns lose. Yeah. Uh, various games in the eighties. Um. Yeah. So favorite TV show is definitely MTV. Like any music TV kind of stuff, I was always into. Have you ever been to a bar and now, like you know, they'll have the TVs up and they, some of them will put them on the like Chive channel where it's like little like seven second TikTok. Yeah, like, a little kids get hit in the nuts. Like but now one of the big ones that they start doing is there's there must be something you can buy and it might be we have actually had Chive. Uh, the Chive app reach out to us to buy like the gym package. Okay. And I'm wondering if the MTV classic is a part of that, but what it huh. is, is just, it literally is, it's just an MTV classic and they, they literally just run all the old, all the original videos. MTV viewing. So it's like six hours of, of music videos. And then they have a couple of the TV shows that pop on and like, they'll just run it. Um, and like, we've been at bars before, and they do it at uh, they do it at Pint Room down on 161. Mm-hmm. And um, that's right. I remember seeing that. And I we we sat there one day, and I'm like having conversations, and we're sitting there, and I'm just like, 
oh, I love this Paul Abdul song. I love this. And that music video is like, you remember, you start remembering you all back. this stuff. Like it is yep. visceral. And I forget what the music video is. There's one music video with like Christina Applegate and, and I was like, oh. oh my God, I haven't seen this music video in so long. Yes, I, I can, I, uh, yes. But anyway, that head. was what we were sitting there and we were like, just. just you get entranced by yeah. it. Yeah. So like it does transport. And you the songs come back on and you're just like, so I love that, like, I still love um, watching like old school music videos, mm-hmm. um, and uh, even if they're terrible yeah. and corny. Oh like, yeah, but so, it was such a new thing. Like yeah. it really was experimental, right? Um, and I watched, so I watch this stuff on YouTube. So I've got you know a bunch of monitors up, and I sit in front of a computer, you know, twelve hours a day. Anyways, and <laughs> it's but I always have like I've hacked YouTube, so I don't have to watch ads or anything, yep. and. And so I just have these things just going all the time. Yep. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'll find myself just doing this. Like, so, yep. I got, all right, got to turn that off. Yeah, right. Got to get to work. Yeah, you get down the <laughs> down the, the rabbit holes. They'll yeah, kill the, you. The blinking, flashing light kind of yep. hits the part of my brain where it's, it turns it off. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, I love it. Well, Alex, let's wrap on the recording yeah. stuff. Uh, Alex brought me some double stuff Oreos. So <laughs> I'm going to go and go and crush those. Um, I appreciate Still it so much. I'm astounded by the fact you ate like a package of those a day. I told Jack that. And he yeah. was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Nick it, loves Oreos. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a serious, uh, serious problem now that like I know about, you know, health and fitness and what those things can do to you. It's, it's a miracle. Like my digestive system isn't like seriously messed up. Um, and that was actually, so it's, it's so funny too, because I literally was like, I was just hankering for some like sweets tonight. And that was when I told Maria, I was like, listen, we're going to do this podcast. If you want to pop out and get us some stuff like that would be awesome for tonight. Um, and then you brought those over and I go, perfect. I love it. <laughs> so, yep. I'm going to go smash those. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you.